Let's talk close to the mic. Here on the follow-up showdown. Oh, we're recording. Fuck. Okay. At your leisure. Hmm. Thanks. No, you can work up. No, I got it. (laughs) Okay. Continuing completed classics. Fulfilling failed franchises. Reinvigorating reviled rehashes. It's the follow-up showdown with Paul Gitz, Travis McMaster, and Lauren Pacorni. Hello and welcome to the follow-up showdown 3 AF. Aye, aye, aye. To all you uppers and downers out there, welcome home to the place where we give worthy second chapters to the stories that don't have them. I am your host, whose favorite toys growing up were a wide assortment of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Paul Getz, and with me are my co-hosts, Human Idea Factory, Travis McMaster, and the mechanically, the musically, the multi-multi-talented, Lauren Picorni. Guys, what were Hi. your favorite toys growing up? Hi! We're back! It's a lovely, lovely intro. Um, my favorite toys growing up were a Miss a Baby, a Muppet Baby's Miss Piggy stuffed toy. Oh, yeah. And uh, did it have uh, the coat? The like winter coat? The red Christmas coat? No, she she had um she was wearing pink, of course. She okay, had like sure, a little classic. pink lacy bonnet and like little her little purple gloves. Um, baby and Miss I also Piggy had, classic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I also had a, a heffalump I really liked. Ooh, those are good. Yeah. Which is weird because you're not like or a Muppet person. Uh, it was a puffalump. Yeah. So two mm-hmm. pink toys, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't the heffalump pink? It wasn't a heffalump, it was a puffalump. I need you to get oh. on board with the <laughs> GD puffalumps, Paul. <laughs> I gotta look this up. Puffalump. Yeah. It's an 80s uh, thing. For sure. Travo, what, what do you got? Oh, uh, Ninja Turtles. I we Yeah, Ninja Turtles all day. We were I'm on my Ninja yeah, Turtle yeah. kick. We were just talking about this. I've been watching Rise of the Ninja Turtles. Uh, yeah, Ninja Turtle, Ninja Turtle. Let's yeah. go. Were, Ooh, also, I, one more. Yeah. I, I love those um, Those little, they were like these tiny little dolls. They fit in the palm of your hand, and they looked like cupcakes. But whenever you folded Strawberry the- Strawberry shortcake? Down, oh, I do know what you're yeah, talking I, about. I don't know. Yeah, you folded down the wrapper, yeah. and it turned into a skirt, and the cupcake top was a hat, and they smelled mm. like vanilla. I like those. Those were, those were yeah, great. That's a, that's a if, great you were, uh, if you were a boy, you had to play with uh, Boglins. What you just described, Lauren, is one of those toys that I definitely saw the commercial for, and whether I admitted it to myself or not, I wanted. You know? Yeah. I was like, that's cool. <laughs> they were cool. I loved the uh reminds me of the pound puppies wh- whose lips and um oh yeah brows you could curl up so they could be angry or mm-hmm. nice. Oh yeah. I think I do remember those, yeah. I had a cool. uh I don't know if it was a pound puppy, it might have just been like a generic dog, but it was like this bath time dog, and the whole gimmick was it had like fabric ears and it had like its neck had a lever on the back and you could like shake its head back and forth and it would dry. That's great. I don't know why that year I was like all about that dog bath toy. So this went on for a while, um, but I'm going to try to (laughs) get us back on track. Uh, Now, while we remain a podcast, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this brand new season. And while we remain a podcast that strives to come up with ultimate continuations to movies with no sequel or a sequel that drops the iconic ball with a star on it, This season, we are taking things to infinity and beyond by going full theme and focusing on all existing sequels, the good and the bad, to both AFI Top 100 films lists. So, we are starting with a continuation celebration of 1999's Toy Story 2, sequel to number 99 on the AFI Top 100 10th anniversary list, 1995's Toy Story. Now, full disclosure... That was like what? 25 different numbers you just said. I know. Well, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He has a rhythm. I'm being a jerk. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no but we're getting into a new season. These are important things to point out. I'm going to be I'm going right. to be saying a lot of numbers in these intros. Uh cuz you got so list ahead. numbers, you got years. What's that? And you got, you know, of course uh, no. the, the I'm, sequel. I'm trying to I'm trying to like Ed McMahon in, but I'm just I keep I'm sorry. You go ahead. 
I think maybe I'm too loud in this microphone. <laughs> like even my no, personality sound, feels loud. You sound great. I promise okay. I'm just not being funny. <laughs> and we just ate a, a bunch of pasta. So I just want yeah. all of those up front, un- unloading all of the potential issues. And I'm going to start being funny soon. <laughs> okay. That's a promise. Okay. Yep. So to get this business out of the way, I have to announce <laughs> the winner of what was our penultimate episode last season a two-part episode about making Back to the Future 4 that we asked fans to vote on. So the winner was, by one vote, Back to the Future, the Tannen Paradox. The guy is brilliant. Which was my pitch. That was your pitch. That was a fantastic pitch. That was the best one. Like, literally, even if the movie... Even if you disagree about which movie plot you wanted to see unfold more, I don't think anyone could deny that your actual pitch mm. was the best. Was the best mm. of the possibly I whole s- run of the show. I s- I yeah. still quote say ba 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 butthead. <laughs> that <laughs> I is cut uh, the pitch. delightful. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I downloaded that episode because you can't really. I can't see where we download our episodes from. But I cut that mm-hmm. part of the pitch out of the episode and emailed it to Mario. You might have like recorded uh, it off of your phone. Oh, or something. I might have just held the microphone <laughs> up just because I wanted to Mario to just to hear that. He has since listened to the whole thing, the whole thing sure. and um, neither time did he get back to me on if he liked the pitch at all. <laughs> well, I have to say, your guys's pitch, Paradox, uh, was fantastic, and so yeah. much of what was in it I wanted. So perhaps the ultimate would be a melding of the two. Um, yeah, but yeah. so okay. So now that that business is out of the way, we get to the next bit of business, the minutes. To Travis McMaster minutes. Travis will be <laughs> telling us everything that happens in Toy Story and Toy Story 2. I don't know who hasn't seen these movies. But Wait, we do this even on the continuation celebrations? Yeah, dude, you got this. You've seen these so many times. Oh, I just am a little... Uh you know, cerebrally unprepared to do this. And I, but I can, I can regroup. You we'll do this. It. I can do this. It can always be cut if it's that yeah. bad. Yeah. True. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready, coach. Okay. Do it. So Toy Story tells the story of what our toys do when we're not looking. Woody is Andy's favorite cowboy doll, but it's Andy's birthday and all of his toys are nervous about the new toys that come in as gifts. The biggest threat to the mall, or the biggest threat to him, is the Buzz Lightyear spaceman action figure who doesn't really know he's a toy just yet, um, taking the number one spot both in Andy's heart and as leader of the toy gang. Uh, there's a bit of a power struggle. Woody accidentally knocks Buzz out of a window, and then there, the adventure becomes: Can Woody get Buzz back to Andy before Andy and his family move their house and they are lost forever? All the while, Buzz, again, doesn't really know he's a toy, so there's a lot of complications as he's trying to do his spaceman thing. Um, They come together, you know, triumphing of various perils and find their way back to Andy's home and heart, having joined forces as cowboy spacemen. Toy Story 2 um, is pleasant. Um, (laughs) Woody, through a series of uh, fairly believable circumstances, gets accidentally sold at a yard sale to a toy collector. Uh, because Woody is actually a very rare and valuable piece of lost television memorabilia, this Woody's Roundup gang, and he's going to get sold to a museum where him and Jesse and the old prospector can all be appreciated forever but never played with. Buzz and co. go to try to rescue Woody, uh, and they do. Um, Mm. And then they take Jesse and the dog with them because they're the good toys, but the prospector was kind of being crappy the whole time, and he's the secret villain. Uh, and he ended up having to go be with a, a girl because girls are awful. Um, and then they rescue everything. If it sounds a little like, oh, that's fine. The plot is, but that is, it, well, I'll say nice things about it soon. The end. Yeah, you completely nailed Toy Story 2. That was great. Oh, uh, I feel like I did great on Toy Story. Hang yeah. on. You did do great. The only thing I was waiting for that I didn't get was Sid. I think Sid needs uh... to be explained. Well, because he's your villain. Yeah, but he sort of folds into just like all I needed was where Woody saves Buzz from. Well, because they also like the third act. I know, but he also ends up going to Pizza Planet and 
They do a couple yeah. other things. They're just various obstacles. Anyway, Sid's a mean kid who tortures toys. I can't yeah. imagine who hasn't seen Toy Story. But hey, welcome, okay. if that's you. Yeah. I like that you yeah. haven't seen Toy Story, and you're immediately like, I gotta check out this podcast about how good just the second one is. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you live your life. I think we should take a moment just to acknowledge that, tragically, yesterday, just yesterday, oh. we lost Estelle Harris. I didn't even know that. Oh, oh that's devastating. Okay. I didn't know. This is breaking news to me. Breaking news, yeah. yeah. 93. Wow. Well, wow. So serendipitous, I guess this is what she would have wanted. But I was gonna I had a lot of nice things to say about specifically oh, her and both the potato heads are, are gone. Sad. Yeah. Oh, that's why I see your RIP potato head. Yeah. Yeah. R. I. P. It, that's that's my, their my name on tag the for the squad cast recording. Yeah. And yours is potato head conspiracy theorist. He didn't know. Folks, no, I didn't. Know. I well, I didn't know about that. No, yeah, I hope she died of natural causes. But or my potato head conspiracy theory is based on one of my observations of watching Toy Story again was my theory that Potato Head was the pre Woody favorite toy of Andy, and that is why he is so bitter and so angry throughout the whole film about uh, Woody's jealousy of Buzz because he's the guy who's been through it before. That's my theory. That's, That's interesting. interesting. That's interesting. I yeah. like that. Because potato old... <laughs> head, those are you can give that to um, a younger kid, right? Or maybe Molly has is... Molly loves him. Head. Yeah, yeah. Molly's like bashing you're... him around. Yeah, you don't yeah. choke on a potato on head here. Yeah. yeah, I don't think. Yeah. I don't. So maybe that's the only kind that's of favorite funny. he's been able to be was a baby's favorite, <laughs> and he's just so <laughs> bitter. I don't know why that hurt my feelings, but yeah. Oh, you're a baby's favorite. He does complain about it. He's like, I'm not supposed to be babysitting Princess Drool. That's right. Perfect records. (laughs) So this movie was the first animated film in Oscar history to be nominated for Best Screenplay. Hmm. Highest grossing movie of 1995. First animated film to receive a Special Achievement Academy Award. And of course, the first ever computer animated motion picture. This... I don't even feel like I need to ask this, but I'll go ahead and ask it right up front. New question for this season. Does this movie deserve to be on the AFI Top 100? Yes. Toy Story. Yeah. Yes. The yeah. first. Yeah, 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 I think it's unquestionable. Yeah. It really is a great one. I have, like, such a weird memory. I can't quite remember how accurate this is, but I remember seeing this movie in theaters... And then going over to the other theater that my parents were in, where they were watching Cable Guy. <laughs> and it was the mm-hmm. scene where I think it's the dream, and he has like the glowy eyes. And it really scared oh, yeah. me. And I, I just want to hang, hang out. out. No, please. You, <laughs> you would have hated that did, when you were five. Yeah, did those come yeah. out the same year? 96 yeah. was, I think, Cable Guy. So yeah, Toy Story, Toy Story would have been, been in. Okay, yeah, so it's possible sure. that that memory is true. I'm not sure, but anyway, yeah. that I recall that that I had if I really saw it in theaters, I was five. That's probably one of my earliest theater memories. I just love the um, idea of you like dancing happily into the second theater, being like, <laughs> "I love movies, the magic of cinema," <laughs> and then <laughs> Jim Carrey just being terrified. Yeah. Um, oh, another yeah. bummer. He's retiring. He's probably oh. retiring from acting. That who that hit me hard this week. Has, yeah. has he been acting in the past yes, decade? Dude. Sonic he did movies that on, and that Showtime show, right. or whatever. Yeah. Oh. oh, he was in um the the, the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is yeah. That I didn't really kick ass too. I didn't know that Un- was him for the longest time in that movie. Okay, so I just yeah unrecognizable. Yeah. But Jim Carrey. yeah, it's been uh, many years of him. Um, boy, we're on Jim Carrey now on this Toy Story episode. Uh, <laughs> he welcome to Jim Carrey talk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's been many of years of him just kind of seemingly doing the ones that appeal to him while never seeming joyful about acting. Uh, yeah. And tell the Sonics, I love him in the Sonics because I think I those are seen... for his grandkids. I haven't seen you the know? Sonics. They're a blast. I, well, I haven't seen the second one yet, but the first one I blew me away. I love it. Well, you not know, just him. 
Yeah. I actually I actually know a pretty good podcast if we wanted to get into the sequel and how good hey. it is. <laughs> One day. I'm just trying to get One day we got we got a we got a fully themed season guys. We just started. <laughs> uh notes, you know, uh, boy, this was written by a lot of people. Uh we oh, got the finally. disgraced John Lasseter, of course. Yeah. Right. Uh story Wait, and what? screenplay by you know, like Make it like running around Pixar, making people uncomfortable. He was the like, original head of Pixar, stuff. right? But something came out recently that says he's scummy. It was a, few a years while ago. ago. It was the Me Too. Oh. He got Me Tooed. Oh, okay, I didn't. Remember Which that. is okay. why, at least partially, they cut the outtake. Even I think it's also just because it's awful. But the outtake originally in the Toy Story two credits of a Stinky Pete, uh, you know, essentially casting couching <laughs> some Barbies. Yeah. yeah, that brings me to what I'm thinking could be a new segment this season, Ooh, which I'm calling segments. standards and practices. Well, you got your standards, you got your practices. You can stay constipated or take your laxatives. Got us practice your standards. Put your standards in practice. Time for standards and practices. Here we go. And I want to focus on the sequels here because there are plenty of other podcasts talking AFI top films lists. They're probably already going over how those hold up in modern standards. We're just going to talk about how the sequels hold up and what might be different in them, if anything, if they were made now. Oh, so okay. obviously that, which has already been cut out. <laughs> yeah. Um, geez, you know, I think like yeah. I kind of suggested earlier, I got just a little tiny, maybe just a whiff of ugh, girls, right? From some of the jokes in the movie. Spe speaking on that, I would say that probably the one thing I think might be different is there they wouldn't be this, which I already don't like, this forced getting together of Woody or Buzz and Jesse at the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. Boo. I meant yeah. that just too. Boo, one boo, boo. quick scene where he's like, mm, you're very uh, attractive. And she's like, well, I like you. You know? And yeah. yeah like, and like, what? They, like literally the first time we've seen them interact in well, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's... And I, I don't know. I don't want to get ahead on Toy Story 2 yet yeah. necessarily, if you don't want to. But I do have thoughts on Buzz's role in this and future Toy Story. Oh, I can't wait, actually. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to getting into that. Uh, so back to writer's notes, <laughs> yeah. we got, as far as I don't know, not disgraced Pete Doctor, who also wrote Monsters, Inc., Wally, Up, Inside Out, and Soul. Oof, uh, good on him. Yeah. Andrew Stanton, who also wrote A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, Wally, Toy Story 3, Finding Dory, and Toy Story 4. He's a big sequels uh, Pixar Excellent. guy. Well, he sounds like he's good at it. Uh, yeah. And then we also have the disgraced Joss Whedon. Yeah. Right. In the right. mix here, big big. Um, he was big script doctor in the nineties. Yeah, and I am came in for jokes. He did good work. I don't really have much of a problem with the first one, uh, yeah. writing wise. I think it's tight. I think yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, you know. a second one too. Honestly, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. Really, the only like. Oh no, we're doing standards and practices. Never yeah. mind. Continue. <laughs> All right, I was getting oh, no, off track. Continue. I guess Are we're we done with that, that unless anybody has anything else. Yeah, I think that segment just sort of transitioned back into <laughs> writer's notes. All right, well, we'll see how that segment goes. Uh, we also got Joe Ranft, who also wrote Bugs Life and Cars, Joel Cohen, and Alex Sokolow, writing team who wrote Money Talks, Cheaper by the Dozen, and Garfield. So some non-Pixar have... helped with this first one. We also have no idea, of, no way of knowing... Like with this many names on the script, we don't know if people wrote something that then got yeah. like redrafted away, but like because of guild or union rules and stuff that their names have to be on it. Well, yeah, but I mean, you're right. Uh, given that, as far as I know, this original script was about a toy Lunar Larry, always a spaceman that got left behind at a bus stop or something like that by sure. his kid accidentally. And then at that bus stop met a dark, sarcastic ventriloquist dummy who put poison in his ear about the kids don't love you. And I believe that was who Tom Hanks was originally supposed to be. So this, this was very different, but who knows whose ideas are credited to who. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Also, yeah. I, I think like, of course you want your toy story to be set in your child's bedroom, not mm -hmm. at a dirty bus stop where I guess ventriloquist dummies hang out. Yeah. 
It sounds more I, like a short. Yeah. Yeah, which is, I guess, to be fair, that is what They're that was doing. their bread and butter at the time. They would be thinking yeah. that way. Um, so Tom Hanks, apparently always in mind for this, was always the man. Um, we wanted him from the beginning. They I think because they wanted to soften the dark character. And Woody is a dark character, especially in that first one. Mm -hmm. um, he really goes off the he's rails. He's a cop. Yeah. He's a what? A, a he's cop? a cop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a sheriff. Well, he remains a, a sheriff. Yeah. 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 I'm just saying. Until the end, when he gives it up. The star. <laughs> That's yeah. it's true. Yeah. There's something there perhaps that like, you know, the toy story that came out in the twenty teens, like Woody was like, Oh, but I'm not a cop though. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Just a regular cowboy. <laughs> Jesse's uh, a cop. Flash. At least it's a female <laughs> cop, okay? Other possibilities for other characters. Big big time consideration for Billy Crystal as Buzz Lightyear. Right, um, famously. And he turned it down and then regretted it heavily. But of course. had it happened, we probably wouldn't have gotten Mike Wazowski in his truest form. So, so everything perfect. is right with the world. I cannot picture Billy Crystal as Buzz Light Lightyear unless oh. they envisioned a different Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, Tim Allen is makes it very just good. delicious. Like that, like that, like straight laced, yeah. like uh, uh, like I can't imagine yeah. Billy Crystal doing that. He's like a little more like no, he was going to be Woody, silly. You right? said Buzz Lightyear. Oh, Buzz. Yeah, Buzz. Yeah, Billy yeah. was. Yeah, Billy was up for Buzz. No, did no. you see ever that Pixar like they sort of wanted to court Billy, so they animated a scene from When Harry Met Sally with Buzz no. Lightyear, like a rough Buzz I'd love Lightyear. to see that. Yeah, I think you did show me. It's that. the scene where he's talking about the coffee table wheel. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, you like did show me wheel. that. It's Roy Rogers wagon wheel coffee table. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was being Check it out. nice. <laughs> pull, over, pull over your car right now. Or don't. Just pull your phone. We're up. getting a lot of When Harry Met Sally love this season, which the it's viewers so good. or the listeners won't have heard yet, but yeah. wait a couple episodes. <laughs> yeah. Come back. That movie is still good. <laughs> of course, you know, we got some music notes. There's Randy Newman. Can't <laughs> not talk about him. Oh, he wrote the You've Got a Friend in Me in One Day. Brag. <laughs> That's why <laughs> I mean, sometimes like extra drafts is just extra work, man. Just he's just do it right the first time. Yeah. Just write the Oscar-winning hit. Just do it. I remember a elementary school skit, uh, the talent show, with some some kids did a skit in which I believe they were dressed as like scouts, like Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts or whatever, and uh, they just kind of danced to "You've Got a Friend in Me." And I remember part of the sketch: a cardboard tree fell on one of the kids while it was happening, and uh, my dad found it hilarious. And uh, and then it became a joke after the show with with us forever was like, you got a friend in me. I just got hit by a tree. Right. <laughs> sure. Sure. Still I thought it was going to be you got a friend in tree. I wonder if <laughs> yeah. Mario laughed really loud when he heard that just now. Did you laugh out hmm. there, buddy? Shoot me a text when you did. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Of course. <clears throat> now I'll know, of course, how long it took him to listen to this episode after it came out. Mm hmm. <laughs> hmm. So, any other thoughts on the first Toy Story uh, before we move on? It's definitely a movie, and, like, not to knock it, because, like, I, I remember at the time, like, I was like, oh, my God, this looks so good, and it did. Mm. Um, it's, it's just weird watching it now and just kind of being like, ugh, nightmare oh, yeah, fuel. Standard. The humans, yeah, just because, like, we can't yeah. help it. We're used to yeah CGI improvements, et cetera. But I recall at the time being like, this movie looks amazing. I think Sid still looks good, uh, or at least the best of the humans. Uh, he's, well, he's scary. the one who's on screen the most, right? That's, they probably spent all of their energy trying to make that particular human look. No, I have a theory. Yeah. Oh. I think hmm. that he looks terrifying like everybody else, but because he's supposed to look terrifying, he looks more normal. Oh, They all should have just had braces. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> crazy Make it look better. Yeah, um, I mean, Scud is the worst-looking thing. That's the dog. Uh, the dog, yeah, yeah. yeah, the huge standout in the film. Yeah, um, he is kind of rough looking. But the gags <laughs> are solid. I don't think uh, there are some good jokes in the rest of the quadrilogy, but I think the first one's jokes are the best. I think that they left the nothing best. on the table. I think so. 
Like, uh, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but could you hit me with one or two examples? What are you looking at, you hockey puck? It's a great moment. Shrugging little hockey puck. I mean, you know, hmm. Okay, maybe not. Okay, not Buzz Lightyear doing the tea party. I mean, pretty much oh, yeah. sure. anything Classic. involving Buzz and his interactions with other, you know, the tape. Mr. Lightyear needs more tape. Like, he... he <laughs> Buzz has some good bits in, and, and sort of what you were talking about earlier or alluding to, Buzz has some good bits in the sequels, but I yeah. never think they know how to use him in no. the sequels. Whereas in the first present. one, he has a perfect arc. Yeah, because um, he's like realizing he's not a toy, which is like his heartbreaking and very... That he is a toy. Endearing, yeah. Yeah, 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 and very endearing storyline. Yeah, and it's yeah, that, fun that... to watch stupid confidence. You know, yeah. him, yeah. you know... Being the spaceman is mm-hmm. the best. Yeah. I wish I could live more like Buzz Lightyear lived for the first half of Toy Story. Live your life in terms of can. Like just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, him, you know, the the Buzz, 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 Lightyear to the rescue. Uh, mm. I don't know if that's necessarily a good gag or just sonically pleasing to me. But <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, the I really fight. like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, the animation is incredible. Yeah. Like I know it, the render is whatever, whatever, but just like the physical comedy, they get mm-hmm. a laugh out of me almost every single time just from the way Woody runs yeah. anywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, He's oh. so serious and he raggedy. <laughs> I got another one. One of my absolute favorite jokes in any of them is, look, I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what that uh, do you know what that's a reference to? No, not off the top of my head. It's a reference to a Far Side comic, oh, uh, yeah. with the vultures all around a a meal, and one of them well, is sat perched up with a cowboy hat, and he says, "Look at me, I'm a cowboy." Howdy, howdy, howdy. I didn't know that. Yeah. It doesn't get any funnier than the Far Side. That's what I'm talking right. about. Yeah. Exactly. They are yeah. firing on all uh, cowboys in this and picture for sure. The aliens. I forget how great that gag is because like in the rest of the movies, it's kind of used as a novelty to just refer back to the jokes from the first one, but mm-hmm. the three eyed aliens and that one scene when the, he's just talking about, cause the, their belief system is so ingrained that he's like, yeah, mystic portal awaits. And then he's like, will you be quiet? Like it's so, <laughs> <laughs> the timing on that is killer. Yeah, and yeah, like the yeah. idea that like the, those toys all you know, like literally speak with one voice because they are all identical yeah. in an identical situation, um, and yeah. they haven't had any opportunities to differentiate themselves in any way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, lovely. Me too. Okay. Anyway, Into the movie we're here to talk about, Toy Story Two. Uh, it's good. Oh, actually, first I'm gonna do <laughs> the game that we did with Men in Black, and I'm gonna give you the Rotten Tomatoes scores for the four Toy Stories, and you're going to say oh, yeah. what you think which is what. Which is 100%. It's Toy Story. Sorry, oh, I, I didn't no, understand. I, I, yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I forgot how the game works. All right. Okay, so I am starting over, just so you know. <laughs> and that it'll, it, you'll understand why I needed to explain that in a second. 100%. 100%. 98%. 97%. Ooh. Okay. Uh, ninety-seven is four. Ninety-eight is three, or is two rather. Ooh, interesting. Mm. I think a hunt both the hundreds go to one and two, but I agree that ninety-eight is three and ninety-seven is four. Lauren nailed it. I read them in order. Trick, trick, tricky me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I agree with that. Actually, oh. I would my ranking for these movies would be one, two, three, four. Personally, I know, I know that's, that's an easy one to remember. Are. Yeah, mine is <laughs> yeah. Um, four, three, one, two, uh, and three, I don't one, two. Okay, yeah, okay. I don't really uh, like to box art in that way or have them like be lesser in any way. That's not how I absorb media or see the world. Congratulations. Uh, but my rating would be probably something like one, four, three, two. 
Mm, big four lovers over here. We're a four. I really song. liked four. It was surprisingly yeah. I, fantastic. You, you kind of have mm-hmm. to give like this is the problem you always run into with a franchise, particularly if they have like a lot of good entries. Is you kind of like the first one has to sort of get some sort of extra credit for. They couldn't being exist first. without it. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. the sequel, if you're going to rank the sequel better than the original, it has to be a sequel you you don't need mm-hmm. the first one for. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, Shrek, it's, yes. Shrek 2. Shrek 2. Sure. Yeah. Terminator 2, potentially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it, they are their own adventures as worth telling in their own right as the first. Yeah. And not, nothing against Toy Story 2, but we both thought, like, I kind of wish we were starting almost any of the other hmm. toy stories hmm. we sort of like ah, i would you know not 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 excited to see it but i just rather yeah, but then it s- ranks last on both of our lists right mm. but to its credit like yeah whatever it was 97 percent. look at those those proportions are it was 100 it was 100 yeah no, that's 100%. not that's not that's not that accurate. <laughs> but still <laughs> immediately watching it all i was doing was like praising it i was like mm-hmm. look at that look mm-hmm. at that this is so clever that looks so great this is yeah. such a great way to get this character to do that that's such a cute little moment you know wheezy saying Aww. bye woody when he gets, bye, when he gets squeezed yeah. because mm-hmm. he knows that as he's getting squeezed that noise will get covered that was stop really squeaking yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you know they just they it's a really the way they respect as much as they can the internal logic of the universe mm-hmm. and that you know it doesn't even though the story is a little like, ah, this thing happens and then they try to solve it and they do it. Mm. It works because the way they present it all is so satisfying. It's very tight. Like I I didn't notice before, but like this time, the reason Woody gets left behind to be in the yard sales, because, you know, of course he goes to to saving Wheezy. Yeah. Wheezy. Mm. But also like it, 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 it's not, it's, it's so well put together. Like, Weezy starts to fall, and Woody only has one good arm, so he has to use his good arm to help Weezy simultaneously. Buster jumps, and he is hasn't he's not holding on to anything, and he falls yeah. off. Yeah, it's so it's very tight. It's good. It's good. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. Like well, even well when like out. when Andy's mom puts Woody in the lockbox with the cash at the garage sale because this guy's like being pushy and trying to get him. Mm-hmm. She then immediately walks away, which my first thought was like, she wouldn't just walk away leaving the money and Woody right next well, to her. Well, she locks it, at least. She locks it, but yeah. I still feel like she wouldn't be like, and now I'll leave. Mm-hmm. But when she turns to leave, she says, no, Molly, put that down. Uh, because Molly uh, is potentially uh. in like physical danger. And I'm like, of course she would leave to stop a child, her child from getting hurt. Little things like that, that in a lesser movie, you watch it and you just go, okay, so I guess this needs to happen. So yeah, yeah, I hear what you're happened. saying. Yeah, it is. It is tight. I, okay. And I'm glad we're talking about two. My question was going to be, why does it work as a sequel? Oh. Uh, you've already answered it many mm-hmm. times over. Um, Good night, everybody. Yeah, the only <laughs> uh, the only things I would add that I like best about it is the creation of Woody's Roundup, even though it muddies the waters in terms of his origins and why he doesn't remember any of this. But I'll forgive it for just liking the origin that it is. I mean, I, I understand. Yeah, go ahead. I saw fan like a like a headcanon fan theory about that. Mm-hmm. And the idea was supposed to be that Woody was like a cereal box topper mail away mm. doodah, which is why he's so rare, A, and why he doesn't remember anything because he was just mailed away like an Andy's father got him. But in the second one, like whenever um, Andy's mom is like saying, oh, no, like he isn't for sale. He's an old family heirloom. Right. Meaning like that toy was handed down to Andy yeah. from like whenever the roundup was going, which was like, like well, like the 50s or 60s. Right. 50s, and probably. And she's never necessarily been aware of it's his value or who he what it is. Just right. a parents doll. just don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't necessarily buy the box top theory just because it doesn't make any sense that they would release a line of Woody's Roundup toys that have boxes like Prospector's Pete and not have Woody, like kids would yeah, be going nuts. I, but, I and I'm fine with it. I let it go. The other Thank thing you. I absolutely love in this movie is the Molly um, song sequence. 
the when somebody loves you sequence that makes me oh, yeah. tear Je- up. Jesse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jesse, sorry, not Jesse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Jesse sequence. The uh is it Fiona Apple that sings that? I believe it is. No, I, I, I we saw her in the credits. Oh. Forget. Well, in any case, it's a great sequence and it really like what I think is best in the first Toy Story are the toy concepts. It is the ultimate toy story. You know, hmm. like if you're going to make one story about toys, again, I don't think they left anything on the table. You know what I mean? Had that been the only story involving those toys and two come out and been about different toys, I think I would have been equally as satisfied, you know, if not more, because it tells a complete toy story. So the concept explored with Jesse and two is a toy story you've not yet seen, an emotional experience mm. you've not yet <clears throat> had, um, which I like very, very much. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, that is great. Yeah, because we were talking about when we were trying to come up with like little like a little idea to pitch for this episode, not like a sequel pitch, but just kind of kind of like chewing it up is every idea that I came up with. I was like, oh, well, that's the Lego movie or mm, whatever. Yeah. It was like mm. an already if you take an I, toy with IP like that's already that I guess like small soldiers arguably would be an interesting toy story esque sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. it, it's hard to think of things if you remove these characters and their specific stories from one, two, three, and four, and you were going to do what you just said about um, just generic, like a toy story. We, I, I, I struggled to come up with anything that like I would hook into. Well, here is a perfect transition for my next question to be asked, as is always asked: Should this movie have a sequel? And I'm going to start with my answer and say, though I like all of the sequels, no. Because, Mm -hmm. again, I think it's the best Toy Story of the Toy Stories told. The others are just sort of offshoots of what we've already seen. And I also think that in general, when it comes to Pixar sequels, the trouble that they have is never making it sweet or funny again. It's just making it have as much magic as the first time for me. Yeah, uh, no, and I, yeah. I, I was just thinking about other Pixar sequels like Monsters University and The Incredibles 2, both movies I really, really like a lot, and there's stuff about them I love. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit of that that kind of feeling you're describing where you go like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. No, I, I get it. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. Okay. Yeah. 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 I get it. Yeah. Oh, Stinky Pete. Well, he yeah. does sound like bad news, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of bear. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Where's Um, your kid now? (laughs) Love that guy. I I think it should have a sequel because there's such, as we've seen with the sequels, so many interesting things to do with that concept and world. Yeah. It's like, it's almost boundless. So I think it should have a sequel. And I'd love even past the sequels, I love the shorts. I love, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you can play with toy concepts forever, which is why... I remember asking you guys to come up with not necessarily sequel pitches, but toy concept pitches that we'd like to see these characters do. I thought it would be fun to have a character that's one of those like um, those like fairy flyers, mm-hmm. you know, like the, like the little ones that you shoot up and they like fly around. Yeah. I thought that could be like a fun a fun character to incorporate. Like true, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know what capacity really, but uh, so I guess off the top of my head, maybe like. You know that scene in A Bug's Life where Flick goes to the, the garbage city for the first time? Mm. It's Bug City. Bug City, thank you. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then you know the bit in Toy Story 4 where Annie Potts lives on a playground mm-hmm. and is cool? Mm-hmm. Oh, peep, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, my pitch, I guess, is I'm going to combine those two. Like, okay. there's, a, there's somewhere Toy where city. toys go box troll style just Mm. to live out there because the big question is like where do toys go when kids are done playing with them and i guess they hold hands on their way to the big fire Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. the only or they get strapped to a child or a semi truck those are really the only answers we kind of they pay for their crimes you know (laughs) (laughs) or they live happily ever after it's horrifying implications because they're kind of immortal but we've established that they can 
die by being burned. Sure, but uh, that's kind of it because <laughs> lots of has to be burned or nothing. Sid's toys should be dead if they can right. die, but they're not. They're ghouls <laughs> and <Right>. zombies. <laughs> Is it like the opposite of Forky? Is it like at a certain point if you remove enough? toyness from it, it like that is death for them they just revert back to if there's nothing to play with I guess. can i what if i take forky apart and put him back together is he alive again does he remember that i mean no in terms of forky's personality it almost doesn't matter if he remembers <laughs> it but yeah you know it's interesting is that I mean, a new same, same for yeah buzz or woody yeah no uh, you, but they get fixed you see them get fixed. I mean, I mean, they never do That's anything I mean. like, too gruesome to the characters. Take their arms, usually. <laughs> right. But like, uh, if I took know. Woody apart entirely. But I think uh, you know. Actually, it makes. Boy, this is getting deep. But what his in terms of the logic of the talk? movie, it's like a soul in a way, but it's better than a soul because it can always be brought back by the love of a kid. This you know, sounds like. like- the devil trying to trick me into putting my soul in a toy's body or something. Oh yeah, this is how Chucky, you know, happens. This is how you explain it. Right. Yeah. It's almost what happened to Herbie. Mm. Okay, so I got a lot of sequels to list here real quick. I'm trying to go through them fast. There were comics in 96, Toy Story Treats in 97, which were, I remember well, a part of One Saturday Morning. Uh, oh. And these were literally just, I remember getting excited about them, but they ended up being just literally transitions to and from commercial breaks. Where it would be like, and now back to the show, and then there would be a quick army men bit or something. And then oh, they were okay. like silent. The, the toys never spoke. It was just animated bits. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, if, you, thought, if I... you Google Toy Story treats, you'll actually mm-hmm. just get a lot of pictures of snacks. I was going to say, I thought you meant like, to, like yeah. uh, gummies or something. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure those exist too, probably still. Um, I just mean like if you're going to Google that, throw an extra word on it or something. My search yielded up a lot of like, like yeah, lollipops and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> then there was Buzz Lightyear of Star Command in 2000, which now has interesting implications as being the cartoon series that the toy is based on. So that is the show in theory that Andy is watching that the show mm-hmm. is based on. And now with the upcoming light year ahead, it is now implied that that show is the cartoon version of the real story of a man. Hmm. Buzz Lightyear. But in the, in the like future of the, but not in like Andy's universe, not in our universe. Or I suppose in, it could. Buzz Lightyear universe. I suppose it could be that Lightyear is supposed to be the movie that the cartoon series is based on, much like, you know, the real Ghostbusters is based on Ghostbusters. Like, Mm. so we're seeing the movie that Andy was too young to see, you know, Uh and then he watched the cartoon. So, like, Andy could watch Lightyear on Laserdisc or Blu-ray, depending on when it comes out in his reality. Correct. Perhaps it is a classic. Oh, it happened to be Laserdisc. In that universe. Cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, whatever. Um, it's a party. Sure. <laughs> then we got Toy Story 3 in 2010. You know, uh, my thoughts, I like it third, as I said. Uh, I like the finality of it, and it's got good bits, but uh, I don't think we, the bits after are as we good. Watched, yeah. After we watched Toy Story 2, we immediately put on just the first scene from Toy Story 3, mm-hmm. which... I think should almost count as its own independent sequel. It's like one of the best Pixar things the play I've time ever seen. Sequence the playtime sequence where it's bringing movie. everything together. Yeah. Yeah, the but s- it's played first out and how second Andy movie combined. It. Right. Yeah. It, just everything from like, like I lose my mind when Slink Cable whips himself down the mountain growling and then turns into a force field and then they get yeah. beamed up and like the monkey bomb and it, they overtake rex and like mrs potato head is like a ninja pirate slash uh bandit like it's so beautiful it's so good and it's such an amazing way to showcase the technological and artistic jump pixar had made mm. before it's they true. go into anyway now we're in a living room so many years later and it, it is just gorgeous yeah and it was 
I remember the experience of being like, man, do we need a three? And then I was like, we needed a three. Like, th- we, needed, <laughs> like we needed that closure or whatever. Yeah. That life yeah. goes on message. Um, so then we got the Toy Story tunes, uh, shorts released in theaters before other movies. Uh, Ken's Hawaiian Vacation, Small Fry, and Party Source Rex. I love all Those of them. Good. Party Source Rex, good. probably the most. Um, and then I, Toy I Story... Love- yeah. Small fry as a character. <laughs> yeah. I love, uh, and I love that. I love both of those because they're specifically showcasing a type of toy we haven't seen yet. They're showcasing Happy Meal toys, and then they're showcasing bath toys. And uh, they, again, just like do everything you could do with, the, with those bits and nail it. Um, then we had the TV specials, Toy Story of Terror and Toy Story that Time Forgot. Uh, oh, those good. were all right. Those were pretty good. Um, <laughs> and actually, all of these, I think, make use of that new varietal of toy, which is where my idea for a pitch that I came from was a short about the toys we know playing in the worlds of different board games. So it's like oh. they'd bring out Candyland, and then every paper character in Candyland would be like, you know, welcome to plum country. Like you'd get to see, or <laughs> right, yeah. bat, you know, they you'd get to see the specifics of those worlds with our right. favorite characters involved. Like Gumby. Like Gumby? Gumby, you know, Gumby would go into the books and then he'd have his adventure in the book, him and Pokey and. Oh, and and I didn't, I never, I definitely watched Gumby as a kid, but I don't remember it. So I didn't know that that was the premise of Gumby. That's one of the, like, his premise is kind of like Dennis the Menace, but Play-Doh. But sometimes, mm-hmm. like, that would be one of the things he'd do is uh, kick slide into books. He would often, sometimes those blockheads would just be kind of, like, harsh and his mellow, and he'd have to, like, figure it out. Hmm. And then his dad would like be a, like, now Gumby. Less, I, is Mr. Bill based on Gumby? Just no, like they're just both made Adulting up the idea? No. No? No, Mr. Bill, I sure? think, is just, no, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Like a very, con- like if I was on the stand, a very confident lawyer, like li- yeah. literally all it takes is for someone to go, are you sure? And I'll, yeah. Fold. Oh, no. Timeline works little... out. I'm not <laughs> liking that timeline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get to Toy Story 4 in 2019. Um, a movie clearly very beloved by you. I will tell you what I like in it. I like two thirds. I'll give it two thirds. I like Woody's wow. story. I like the villain. I like her arc. I like mm. that she gets a happy ending. Uh, I like Bo Peep. I like what they give her. I pretty much don't like anything else. I don't like That's most Buzz of or the rest good. of the toys world. I don't like how far that goes in terms of them manipulating the parents while driving. Yeah. I Okay, let's... Yeah. Hang on. Let's. Let, this is a good point because this is... And just trying to bring it back to Toy Story 2. So we talk about Toy Story 2 a little bit on this on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And Buzz Lightyear, the problem you're describing in Toy Story 4, which I mm-hmm. agree with, mm-hmm. is an extension, an inevitable just like layering of the paint over the problem that we have in Toy Story 2, which is that like it's very difficult to fit him in. In Toy Story 2, it works okay because like you need him to be rescued. Buzz Lightyear is a heroic dashing. He's got, they're switching dashboard. roles. You know, which is what, mm-hmm. uh, an, uh, a a workable sequel trope that is often great. Uh, yeah, I'll actually, yeah. I'll, I'll accept that. I also, I think at least the joke that they make in two is bringing in a new Buzz who doesn't know he's a toy. Like they're making the same joke, but at least it is that same joke. Uh, but then in, when I'm like, yeah, see, the movie has to take him off the board and replace him with movie one Buzz because mm-hmm. it doesn't quite know how to like but personally i'll take that over just and you know i laughed the first time i saw it but in terms of rewatchability i'll take that over spanish uh he does spanish like that's his big yeah, using spanish. spanish as a, as a punchline is kind always of, it's yeah. interesting it's interesting because it's kind of replacing buzz it's kind of taking him out of the game again yeah they don't know personality what to do with him yeah because com- they make him someone else they're like i don't know right Ugh. so that's the, the trope they keep falling back onto is replace buzz with 
old buzz. And yeah, the Spanish else. as a punchline is always a little bit like, okay, but what are you saying though? What's the joke? Right, right, right. And then, and then in Toy Story Four, at least they don't really do that. Yeah, but they do. The trade off you get is that the they're like, this is why we do this, folks, because otherwise we have to bend the limits mm-hmm. far beyond where you're maybe comfortable with for. And like, and like you've said it before about Toy Story Two and or Toy Story Four, mm-hmm. and this is the first movie where we we see this problem start. We are just adding so mm-hmm. many characters mm-hmm. that by the time you get to the fourth one, if everyone is as important as Potato Head, you've just got some random dinosaur in the background. Yeah. The dog horse is like, has to have a moment. My least favorite thing in four, for sure, is the goodbye that Woody gives to 20 people all at once. I mean, it's not 20 <laughs> people, but it's these people that, these toys that he has known forever they are his family and his loved ones. And yes, he will be happy with Bo Peep, but it's like a big hug from eight characters and no scarecrow, I'll miss you most of all. It's just, right. yeah. Have a good life, <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey, uh, some, sometimes, sometimes it's like that though, you know? I sometimes guess. the car's pulling away and you're like, oh shit, like, okay, bye. Yeah. No, you ta- are know. you talking about that no, time when you when you left for college and you had to say goodbye to all twenty of your of your friends and family right there oh, at the, the I, only bus stop? I've and... never had twenty friends in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a lot of <laughs> they're all on the same people. trip without you. Um, uh, but uh, Toy Story two, despite the which these are barely even problems in Toy Story two. Like I said, yeah. I was immediately praising the movie for how great it was, but this is like the beginning of where you can go you can the problem any problem you do have with the toy story franchise you can sort of see the beginnings here yeah two i remember the first time seeing it being old enough to like think about it critically and to just have a feeling of like i didn't like that one as much then i saw it again and it was like then i had seen it already so i was ready to appreciate but this is funny this is i like that and i like that and that's funny okay okay i like this but (laughs) I remember the one scene sticking out to me specifically as a kid was Zerg, who we've come to know as the enemy of Buzz Lightyear. The way they resolve it is with a Star Wars joke. And it's kind of funny. Second time I was able to laugh at it, like, the, oh, you're a great dad. Like, it's kind of funny. But I also remember being like, it's just like, it's one of those cheap uh, escape things where it's just like the joke is technically that they recreated the shot. You know, right. and that's all you uh, that's get. The thing I yeah. I do like about that joke is the 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 fantastically staged elevator gag. No, as, you know, yeah, yeah, it drops but, away, pulling away. Like, but I, I guess agree. It, it's yeah, like that, okay, well, that feeling of you have to be ready to laugh at that joke, whereas the first time you experience it, you might think, well, th- you know, like this is kind of anti the integrity of how much I love these characters. Do we do a gag or do we? satisfy an arc and it's like oh we do a gag this time yeah and there was a a weird amount of like the number of star wars sound effects winks Mm. that they put into that opening scene i was like i don't i mean hey if it's a star wars fever i had it too like it's cool but just like watching it in 20 whatever year this is i was like my god it is like every scene there's like three or four yeah yeah and i'm curious sure um Okay, so then after that, we get Lamp it's like Life. Interviewed by Conan O'Brien. Yeah, this guy. I mean, <laughs> he'll just he'll just let you say something. He's like, yeah, all right, yeah. Just trying to get through the business. <laughs> I got these cards. <laughs> got to get through these yeah, cards. Lamp Life, which was a short on Disney Plus, uh, doesn't feature Tom Hanks as Woody. First time that's ever happened outside of the video games. It's it's okay. Brother? Yeah. Okay. Bob Hanks or whatever. Um, and then Forky asks a question, a Disney plus series that is all right. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't dipped into those yet. You know, yeah, they, they're not a, they're not an offensive use of your time. If you got it. Ah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then of course we got three Disney on ice, a musical, multiple video games and four Disney theme park rides. So I was wondering if this could lead us into a Travis describes a theme park ride, I don't know how well you know these. Travis dun, describes a theme dun, park ride. 
Travis Ooh. describes a theme park ride. Gosh, I, 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 I can only think of two. I'm pretty. F- yeah, I've only been to the two. The one I'm yeah. sort of the most familiar with would be Astro Blaster. The one, well, the one at it's at Disney World in Tomorrowland under the People Mover. Astro Blaster. Is that Astro Blaster? I believe the so. shooting Buzz Lightyear mm-hmm. game. Shooting yeah. Buzz Lightyear one. Yeah, I couldn't. No, I don't think it would be. It would. Be, it would be as satisfying as it has been so far in this sentence. You know what? Mm-hmm. Just just uh, put in the uh, Men in Black ride description and yeah. put like After Blasters and Buzz Lightyear mm-hmm. in the, in the appropriate place. Yeah, it's very like Day Glow, <laughs> uh, miniature golf course, and you yeah. shoot aliens. No, is the answer, Paul? <laughs> okay, got it, got it. Well, I'll probably put that theme song in anyway. I like that theme song, but <laughs> I uh, Me too. yeah, and I know. I only know that one, and I know Midway Mania, which is the other one also at Disneyland. Both of those are at Disneyland, but they're both shooter games. Yeah. And Midway Mania, as I recall, is just Andy's toys, but they are running a carnival of shooting games. So perhaps we could think of this as an alternate universe at the end of Toy Story 4 in which all of the toys stay at the carnival and host you. Sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could... There's yeah. no limit on the things yeah. we can think. <laughs> uh, I do also remember playing a a game at uh, the now defunct Disney Quest in Orlando. Uh, that was like you. It was almost like bumper cars, but you were in these like Pope mobiles, and you would like be firing basically dodgeballs that maybe had stars on them at one another. Cool. Mm. So you know, I hope that earned the theme song at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, you you described. <laughs> you described. Yeah, it's a Disney Park ride. Yeah. Disney yeah. Quest. I feel like yeah. that's some like it's a deep track. Or Someone is or. that magical person that happens to hear this is thrilled. The that it's that person guy. who had never seen yeah. Toy Story, and then yeah. they listen to this. <laughs> yeah, they just love you so much. Um, okay, I don't know. I guess uh, trying to fit in one last thing. Uh, do you guys remember or do you have any unsung heroes? Hit it, Paul Jr. Unsung heroes! Yeah, you know, it's not really an unsung hero. Uh, oh, but let me end with that because let me say this first. I meant to say this up top when we talk, talked about casting. I think that Tom Hanks is so, so good at voice acting mm. that to this day, people think you can just hire a screen actor to do a mm. voice role and mm. they'll be good at it. Yeah. Sometimes that's true. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be a snob about it necessarily. There are plenty of uh, screen actors who translate beautifully to voice acting, even those without like very distinct voice. Cause sometimes you can just throw like Gilbert Godfrey and it's like, yeah, that'll work. Uh, yeah. Tom Hanks doesn't have like a heightened voice, you know, I, Jack Black's another good example. But I think that you're hitting on something very interesting and true, which is that before this as in terms of the TD two 2D world of animation, <laughs> you would occasionally get a famous voice. You would get a Robin Williams in Aladdin. But he but would be like... a featured performer in the midst of a cast of voice performers. And that was a rarity. Whereas right, it was post deal. It was... Toy Story, every 3D animated movie, especially for a while, with maybe the exception of Pixar, even though they always got famous people. But, you know, like the casting would be about how many names he would get on that board. Justin Timberlake, right. Anna Ferris, you know, like just like everybody. What? Yeah. Why, do need, yeah. why do we need? Yeah. Why do we need? We're all dancing around it. Ooh. Dan Aykroyd, Just Fire, and Justin Timberlake for our Yogi Bear movie. Right. What? Right, right, right. Is that a thing? Yeah. Right. Yeah, Justin Timberlake, Boo-Boo. the voice of Boo Boo. Yeah. And I I'm not saying I, I didn't thing. see it. I'm sure he did a fine job. Literally, everyone on Earth in a certain age range has a fine Boo Boo. We can all do mm-hmm. it. It's just but, like. You know, I think it goes to nobody saw that movie, <laughs> or at least right. nobody's talking about that movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think most people, most actors will do like how Tim Allen does, mm. which is perfectly fine in the role he's given. But there is in Toy Story I think it is 2. Perfect in the first one. I don't think it's perfect. Oh, in the fine. first I one. I think it's perfect. Yeah. 
in the in the second movie, that's because they were trying just to write that role for maybe not for him, but like just yeah. that straight line role he could do. In the second movie, they tried to do a callback joke to "You Are a Toy," yeah, where Buzz says it to Woody, yeah, and Alan, notable lifelong comedian Tim Allen, can't land the joke, mm, yeah. yeah, and it's just because it's just outside what he can do. Right. Tom Hanks can do, like I said, apparently everything, so yeah. he's yeah. wrecking the curve. Mm. That's um, an excellent and then point. so that's yeah. just like a little side point, unsung hero wise, because this is what I brought up when we watched it Estelle Harris mm. surely she not is. unsung yeah yeah but. she's not used as much as she should be in that in any of them cuz right. everything she does is gold every and line she, was a laugh for me <laughs> yeah and i'm one of my favorite of those outtakes if uh, that's my favorite sequence of outtakes is her stuffing him full of all the things <laughs> your angry eyes yeah <laughs> And some, monkey, and, er, and some monkey, and some monkey chow, monkey chow <laughs> for, for the monkeys. <laughs> I yeah. just her like you know obviously her trademark delivery style of shouting every line. Yeah, but it never like pings my anxiety. I never feel like she's angry or upset. It's just like a calm, normal <laughs> tone somehow mixed yeah. into this like eighty-year-old belt-busting shout. Mm-hmm. What a legend. Yeah, she goes hard, but she goes soft. Nice. It is extraordinary. Specifically, the only thing in the first one that I noticed that I had never seen ever, at least that I recall, is a one of the rock and roll posters in Sid's room is for a guy named Megadork. You know, he looks like a uh, Axl Rose type. Um, And I don't know. I don't know. Somehow that that hit for me. I mean, I have others. The little shoulder robots at the beginning of two gets me. Oh yeah, when they just keep popping out. I was saying that I wanted the shoulders, shoulder robot, shoulder robot to have a shoulder robot, and Travis insisted that was one too many. I told her robots. she'd have gotten laughed out of that room. At <laughs> well, Pixar. it was one, then two, then three, right? And there wasn't a third one. It was just I think the robot just had a shoulder robot. I thought the shoulder robots had shoulder robots. One. However yeah, many I... shoulder robots there were, Lauren's note was, I'd make this room yeah. for another shoulder <laughs> well, robot. My if pitch you're... was like, just put a regular gun up there. <laughs> oh, you know what I think it was? I think I think it's still, it was maybe just two, but it still followed the rules of three because it was robot raises guns, shoulder robot, shoulder robots raise guns. Like it right. was still one, two, three, as I recall. I'm just going to Google Toy Story 2 shoulder robots for the podcast. Uh, And then while he's doing that, the other toy that I don't know, uh, you just got to give it up to Etch. And I don't think they use him after two, but the talent, the birth of talent on that guy or girl, whatever Etch is, whatever Etch Mm -hmm. identifies as, they, they are extraordinary. And so willing they don't get enough credit uh they are used. definitely like etch and the speak and spell uh rc to a certain degree there are there is a cast system at play mm-hmm. and i don't mean to you know i know every podcast that does pixar like has to go into the like oh but how do you yeah, yeah. cars land yada yada yeah but you know we are a podcast and yeah i there mean there is a cast system. i did think this cast time system. around about some toys do leave you know they do go missing between movies and so you have to then consider like you know the way the toys experience that a, a form of death really like they've lost and they don't really explore it until three when with Bo, well four mm-hmm. really but yeah then they get back together you know what i mean but yeah, i don't know it I'm- does make their world more full that they like us deal with loss yeah, similar like way. we don't we don't um he- hear from the RC car. You see him in the, the gutter. You see the dramatic opening. Yeah, in the yeah. opening, yeah. but like he he was a pretty prominent yeah, part major. of the first one, and he just disappeared because he was useful. Mm. Yeah. Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer style. Mm. Mm. Also, here's my question: Not really, because I don't want an answer. Because any answer will be obnoxious. I guess I just want to point out. I like that Totoro is in Toy Story Three. He is. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the toys in uh, yeah. 
And oh, who's the little girl's name? Oh, oh, yeah. um, the new the new owner. Yeah, uh, is it Emily? I think it. No, it's like no. one no, syllable. No, Emily. Right? Emily was. Um, I think that was Jesse's kid. This is embarrassing. Oh, there are four of us here. I do think it ends in a Y. Uh, not looking it up. I'm definitely looking it up. She's good. I like her. I like her. Bonnie. 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 They like never names that end in Y. No. She doesn't remind me of a Bonnie, you know? She's no? cooler than a Bonnie. She's like a Skylar. Hmm, I don't know. Bonnie seems like a cooler name than Skylar. But Bonnie's just yeah, not a name enough. you hear a lot anymore, so I think that's probably why it stands out a little. It seems a little if I was friends with the if I was yeah. friends with a Bonnie, I'd ask if I could call them Bo. I would, I would at some point go, my Bonnie lies over the ocean to them. That's all <laughs> I, I would, know I'd do. I wouldn't do that. If you're a Bonnie out there, I won't do that. Yeah, probably get that a lot. I will. <laughs> so we'll see which Bonnies go where. They got two camps <laughs> to befriend. So on that laugh line, let's take this into plugs and outros, guys. Let's, let's, let's wrap her up. Thank you for coming oh. back for this. Yeah, you know, I have nothing to plug, I guess. Just, you know, if, if again, you're listening to this, you're listening to I've Never Seen Star Trek, almost certainly. You're listening to The mm. Hotel, almost certainly. That's all. That's all I've got. Sound you like know, plugs to me. Oh, fair Those, are plugs. <laughs> Those are plugs. Those are plugs. I don't have any. I am currently retired from Funkos. Mm. <laughs> Unless uh, a wave of people come demanding Funkos and I can become rich instantly, then I will come back. Enough, Until then. Only enough... For instant just, riches, everybody. So yeah. same way, do uh, not apply if you can't bring an army. Don't come to me with yeah. your piddly little $175 yeah. commission. <laughs> Thanks for joining us once again. Uh, next episode, we'll get into pitching. We'll be back doing the yeah. thing that we do. Nowhere to go yeah. but up. Woo! On the next follow-up showdown. 1990s Texasville. 19 years later sequel to The Last Picture Show. The guest is Elia Kamalova. It feels very disjointed from the first one, even though it's like all the same people.